Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning, area. It's time to wake up. It's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports. On 95.7, the game. Come on! Yes, sir! Good morning, family. Stephen Langford in with you. On today's show, I'm going to be doing something that has never been done in the history of radio. And that's coming up in about 40 minutes. It's Overreaction Tuesday. I'm going to throw out a list of topics, and I'm going to have you join me and tell me whether it's an overreaction or not an overreaction. Never been done before. 2021, I think I'm the first person to ever do that. But that's coming up at 540. Seriously, I do want to get that going because I do think there's some interesting... uh, conclusions that we might have came to after these uh, after that game against uh, uh, after that game against the Bears and I do wonder some th- uh, some certain questions about this team so that will be happening at about 5:40 uh, plus we got the trade deadline today for the NFL and we'll go through some of these options for the Niners and whether they'll actually do anything but I wanted to start out the show with this and triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. This is the text line and the phone number. As you know, if you listen to this program, considering I repeat it about sixty times. But I want to know what you watched last night. I'm curious because we didn't have any Bay Area football. Right? If you're a Niner fan, obviously we didn't have any Niner football. If you're a Raider fan, the Raiders are on a bye week. If you're a Warrior fan, well, we have to wait till tomorrow until we see that matchup against the Charlotte Hornets. So, depending on whatever you watched, I don't care if it's a TV show, I don't care if it's a movie, if it's sports. I mean, if it was the Chiefs and the Giants game, and that's actually what I'm going to start out with because that was what was on my screen last night, or at least on my big screen. I uh, had a bunch of basketball games going, but I'd love to know from you at 888-957-9570 that the text line or the phone number. What'd you watch last night? And tell me about it. I'm very curious. I, I, I want to get to know you a little bit as a listener, but last night I did have the Chiefs and the Giants game on, and 
there were a couple of takeaways I had from it. One, well, the game was awful. <laughs> Not a good game. Not a good game. Overall, uh, the Chiefs ended up winning 20-17. to And I, I don't know what's going on with the Chiefs, man. I don't know what's going on with the Chiefs. It seems like their defense just is okay at certain times. Uh, but that Chiefs offensive line is not good. I understand they still got the win, but it's not the type of win that you want to get against this New York Giants team going into that game that was 2-5. and five. Yeah, I-, I thought this was going to be a game for the Chiefs where they were just going to blow them out and everyone was going to be convinced again that the Chiefs are back in the AFC playoff race, especially after what happened with uh, with Derrick Henry yesterday, and we found out that his season has ended, which is just really unfortunate. But the Chiefs getting that win last night, it's not an inspiring win. It's not one that I think Chiefs fans are going to go crazy about. But they just don't look the same, and this is weird. And this is really this is odd for me to say. Because I'm a Raider guy, right? I'm not supposed to. I'm not supposed to want the Chiefs to do well at all. But there's something about Patrick Mahomes and how week after week, it was just magic to watch him play. Is it weird that I really want Patrick Mahomes to be good? Because if they're going to be putting the Chiefs on national TV all the time. And they're the only game that we get to watch on that Thursday night, that Sunday night, Monday night, whatever. I want to see something entertaining. And sure, they're going to give you a play like the incompletion they had yesterday. Did anyone remember that incompletion they had where they motioned Travis Kelsey into the shotgun so that he could take the snap from the center? And out of that, when... Patrick Mahomes was lined up in the slot on the left. Mahomes motioned over to act as if he's running like a jet sweep of sorts. And Travis Kelsey pitches it back. I don't even know what to call it. It's not a pitch, but he underhanded it behind behind him to Mahomes. And Mahomes tried throwing it to somebody in the end zone, but nobody was open. The Giants sniffed it out, and it was an incompletion. If it wasn't an incompletion, everyone would be going crazy over it. But... I just want Mahomes to be good. <laughs> you know, because he's just, he's such a, gener- a generational talent, and you don't want to see that uh, for certain seasons just, you know, be a dud. You don't want to see that. Sure, I mean, I understand if you're a Raider fan and you just don't like the Chiefs, but there's something, there's something wrong with me in that aspect. I just want to see Patrick Mahomes be good. And one other takeaway I had from that game, as as we get a bunch of your texts here at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero at the text line or the phone number. What did you watch last night when you didn't have any local sports on? I'm curious. It could be a TV show. It could be a movie. Tell me what you tell me what you watch. Do you recommend it? Were there any basketball games last night, which I'll get to in just a second here. But the other takeaway I had from this Monday night game is that final possession by the New York Giants. So Kansas City, right? They're tied 17 to 17. Kansas City gets the Giants to punt even though they'd run 11 plays just for 34 yards. They took 4 minutes off the clock and it was still tied and you give that much time to Mahomes and he's bound to do something. And they ended up just kicking a field goal out of it. So it's 20 to, 20 to 17. And for some reason, I don't know why, Joe Judge lets the clock run all the way down to a minute. 
I was so confused. I didn't know what was going on. Because they sacked Mahomes, and there's a minute 56 left. They'd already let it go down to the two-minute warning, by the way. They stopped Williams from getting anywhere on a run when they were on their on when they were on the Giants' ten yard line, and they let the clock run all the way down to the two minute warning when the Giants had one timeout left. Shouldn't have done that. Then they end up sacking Mahomes, and they go for the field goal. So they got a minute and twelve left, and Daniel Jones. Couldn't do anything. They they ran five plays. They had one successful play to Evan Ingram, but other than that, he was sacked twice, and he ended up uh, he ended up fumbling on the fourth down. It was recovered by the Giants after all, but he ended up fumbling, and it was just a mess, just an absolute mess. And my main takeaway from that was I want to see what the 49ers look like in that situation with Jimmy Garoppolo because I haven't really seen that too much. You know, we saw the we saw the game against the the Packers which really came down to the wire, right? But in the end it was the Packers who had the upper hand on that. It didn't turn into that type of game with the Eagles. It didn't turn into that type of game uh with the Lions. It didn't turn into that type of game really with the Seahawks or the Cardinals, nor with the Colts. And nor with the Bears. So we haven't seen Garoppolo and Shanahan work when, you know, it's that two-minute warning, it's a tie game, and you're going for the win. Haven't really seen that yet. And that's something I think I want to see more out of Jimmy Garoppolo. Because, look, I understand he did have a good game on Sunday. I'm not trying to take anything away from that. But the game that he had is what a decent quarterback does on any given Sunday can do on any given Sunday. I mean, I know he had the 50-yard deep ball, which was like the nicest throw that he's made in his tie with the 49ers, but he only threw two he only threw two of them. He only took two chances in that game. I need to see what they look like in a 2-minute drill when trying to go for a win. Because if they look anything like the New York Giants did last night where they're discombobulated Daniel Jones doesn't know what to do. The fact that he even took a sack in that situation with a minute left, <laughs> I mean, that's that. at that point, you're just thinking, okay, maybe this isn't the guy that we thought. Maybe this isn't the guy that we thought. I, I, I just need to see a little more from Garoppolo before I make any more sweeping judgments about him and, and who he is as a quarterback because... To be honest with you, my opinion really hasn't changed about who he is. He's not a bad quarterback, but he's not a great quarterback either. He's just right on the line of, yeah, he'll have some good games, but he'll also have some bad games too. Very inconsistent. So that's something uh, that I need to see more of from him. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number. From the 707, I watched the Manning broadcast of the Monday Night Football game. The Manning broadcast was great. I had the Manning cast on. Although, I I wasn't a fan of Josh Allen being on there. It seems like Peyton was just obligated to do it. Like, Peyton had no interest at all in talking to Josh Allen. I think they brought him in in the, was it the third quarter? Was it it the third quarter? And, uh, yeah, it was him and it was Josh Allen and then Michael Irvin uh, in the third and fourth quarters. And then it was... John Stewart and Michael Strahan in the first half, which was actually very entertaining. But uh, yeah, Josh Allen, not that entertaining on that broadcast. But you could see how mad Peyton was uh, at every call. 
at everything that was happening. You know, drop passes or plays that weren't meant to be. My favorite thing about that Manning cast now is, and I'm sad they're going on like a bye week, but uh, as what they called it at the end of the broadcast, but anytime there's a touchdown scored and Peyton just doesn't like the way that it was set up, Peyton was just thinking that they're going to do something else, or they need to, you know, they need to do uh, to make this sort of audible at the line against this type of defense. No, they didn't do it. Yeah, the play still worked, but I didn't like the way that it was set up. You could see the frustration. You could see the frustration from the five one zero. Watched Monday Night Football, had Shepard as my flex. Dude pulls his quad and only gave me two points. Guy who I was up against had Kelsey, and boom, doom laid a dud. Edged it out 107 to 106. That's JP from the stack. I I haven't even checked my fantasy football lineups lately. I haven't even checked them. I don't, I don't, I'm so bad at fantasy football. Like, the team that I have on paper that's supposedly the best, well, it turns out their manager sucks. Because <laughs> I can't buy a win with them. Can't buy a win. From the 408, Vaughn to the Rams. Wow. And we will talk about that coming up next. But one thing I did want to get to, just real quick. We know Mike Breen, right? Everybody knows Mike Breen, the play-by-play guy for uh, for the NBA during the playoffs. And he's also the voice of the Knicks. And we know Mike Breen with this infamous call with Steph Curry versus OKC. They do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way downtown. So we know that. We know that. Now, apparently, with the Knicks, because last night there was a lot of uh, lot of entertaining basketball on last night. A lot of entertaining basketball. Uh, the Hornets. We're going to be seeing them against the uh, against the Ca- or against the Warriors. But last night against the Cavs, the Cavs beat them one thirteen to one ten. But that score doesn't tell the story. Charlotte really was playing down ten for really the entire game until maybe the final three minutes, and then they went on a run and somehow cut that deficit to three. So that's a lot closer uh, than that game actually. Actually looked. Uh, you had the Sixers beat the Blazers. The Hawks beat the Wizards. Uh, the Bulls were down by. Uh, they were down by double digits, and now somehow they came back and beat the Boston Celtics, one twenty-eight to one fourteen. Uh, but there was also the Raptors game against the Knicks. Now the Knicks ended up losing one thirteen to one oh four. But the new thing at Madison Square Garden now is. When there's a bank shot, whenever someone shoots a three, hits it off the backboard, and it goes in, their new thing at the in the arena at MSG is to say "Bing Bong." Or maybe that's not a new thing. It feels like a new thing. If it's if it's been going on, then please feel free to feel free to prove me wrong at triple A nine five seven nine five seven zero. Excuse me for not paying attention to many Knicks home games. Uh, uh you know, past last season. Uh, but their thing is to say "Bing Bong" when when the shot goes off the backboard and it goes in. And Mike Breen made the call. I told him I tell people, man, you would do rent before do rent. <laughs> <laughs> Big fan of that. Big fan of the big ball. <laughs> From the 707, I think they should do only two guests and give the first and fourth quarter to Peyton to do his analyzing and breakdown of plays, which is my favorite part. And I, I 100% agree. I'd actually, I'd rather have it. 
yeah, I'd rather have it with the second in the fourth quarter because really that's when things start to get interesting, how you're breaking down things going into the half, and then at the end of the game, you know, how the teams handle themselves. I'd much rather have the guests join them in the first and third quarter when things are kind of in a lull, especially on the back half of the first quarter, and then maybe on the front end of the third or the back end of the third. I, I, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be into that. From the 510, what's up, nice guy? I watched Free Guy last night. Ryan Reynolds was pretty funny. He's getting old, man. His wife is super hot, though. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, in that movie, Free Guy. If you haven't seen it, I watched that one in the theaters. Pleasantly surprised by that movie. I gotta say, I watched the preview a little while back before I actually saw it in theater. I watched the trailer, and I totally forgot what it was about. Because I'd watched it two months prior. And I didn't watch it again, and I was just like, you know what, I remember liking that trailer. I can't remember what it was about. Then I watched it, and I thought, wow, that was original. I was a fan of that. Then they had, what's his face from Stranger Things? I don't know the character's name. Steve Carrington, I think is his name. You can't, you can't help but say it without the first and the last name. I think it's Steve Carrington. <laughs> All right, 888-957-9570 is, of course, the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything. I got a couple of callers on hold. I'll get you guys' names and where you're calling from at the break. But coming up next, want to talk about the trade from yesterday, the big trade involving the L.A. Rams and the Denver Broncos. We'll get to that next. Stephen Langford on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. <laughs> I do like that new call from Mike Breen. Even if it's just a straight up nothing but net. You know, instead of doing this call, I'm all for it. <laughs> Coming up in about 20 minutes, 
Going to do a little overreaction Tuesday. I got a few topics here written down, and I'm going to need your participation at 888-957-9570 at the text line or the phone number. I'm also going to need your participation for this segment, because if you're a 49er fan, do you want to see any moves made by the 49ers at this trade deadline here? Because the trade deadline is today, and it happens in the middle of the afternoon. So we got quite a while. And this is the time where you can go wild with your speculations if you want to. Who do you want? Do you want what position do you want the 49ers to trade for if you want them to trade? Like, where are you at? At 888-957-9570. And before I get to uh, the Von Miller trade that was yesterday, let's get to Mitch in New Jersey. What's going on, Mitch? How's it going, Steve? Oh, it's great, Mitch. How are you? Oh, great. But you're already working, so you're the early bird. And <laughs> um, hey, we're catching the horns. We thought we had we one, two in a row, three in a row. Now he looks like he's going to get the team into the playoffs. That team needs to run back, and maybe the defense. So it's just, it's just, uh, but he's still, he's still one of the best uh, quarterbacks. Right. The Rams trade couldn't afford that. The Rams seem to have traded all their draft picks this century. Um, now I know the Forty Nine gave a lot for a guy to sit in the bench. They couldn't have made that move. Is this guy a rental? And Adrian Peterson. He, he's been. He's been. I didn't know he was on vacation this whole year. Couldn't he have signed him a couple weeks ago when um, our main guy, your main guy, went down? That'd be something. I, mean, I like Mitchell, but um, he doesn't do that every game. Uh, a little late on, on late on, on that um, sign there. Mm. That move. What do mm. you think? I appreciate the phone call, Mitch. Uh, you, you know, the AP thing. I, I know AP signed with the Titans yesterday, Adrian Peterson, and he's a legendary running back. And um, personally, you know, me being 28 years old, he goes down as the best running back I've ever seen at a live sporting event before. Like, watching him work, eh, maybe maybe second to LaDainian Tomlinson. And LaShawn McCoy is actually on that list, too, as far as guys I've seen live. But... I, I, you know, I, I don't really think that gets you anywhere. You know, Adrian Peterson, he's still a good running back. I'm sure he still keeps in shape, but no, nobody is going to replace what Derrick Henry uh, brought to that team. But the trade that happened yesterday, and I do have Duriel on the line, but he wants to talk about something that actually leads me into the next segment. So I'd, I'll keep him on hold right now. But. Uh, that trade yesterday from the Rams, when they sent a second and a third round pick, the Broncos that it, or the uh, the Rams that is for Von Miller, and we just got the update from Sports Illustrated that he is quote unquote likely to sign a deal after uh, this season because Von Miller still has yet to do that. The way uh, that his contract works out, he signed a six-year deal back in 2016. And I, I don't I don't know how they worked out this money because I looked up the, the contract yesterday, and I don't know how they worked it out, but somehow they managed to give him $2 million in the first year, 16.5 the next Two million the next season, seventeen million in twenty nineteen, and then in twenty twenty, 
$17.5 million, in which they had the average salary. And then this season, he's getting paid under a million dollars in terms of base salary. Right now, it's uh, according to Spotrack, it's at 722000 I just... Uh, I was very taken aback by that, but also I guess it just depends on the uh, amount that was guaranteed at signing for him. But he's going to be a free agent in 2022, and he's likely to re-sign a deal. And before we get to what my thoughts are, here's Kyle Shanahan on the trade when he was speaking to the media yesterday. Um, I mean, I heard it while I was in, in meetings going through our game from yesterday and stuff. And I mean, like anybody who's got to play against them, you, you know, you don't want to have to add Von Miller to the mix, but that, that's part of this league, and it's part of um, what happens. you got to be ready for anything. I know Von's a real good player, and it'll definitely help them. I don't know exactly the details of, you know, cap-wise or money, what they did for it and stuff, but, you know, that's going to help them right now, that's for sure. It certainly is going to help them right now, but I just don't, <laughs> I don't understand how the Rams are planning for the future here. Because, look, as of right now, this season and making that addition that does put them right up there in the NFC. Like, that is the type of move that's going to help you win this year. But later on down the line, the guys that you have uh, under contract, you got Jalen Ramsey up until 2027. Then you got Robert Woods till 2026. Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd till 2025. And then other than that... I mean, there's no, I mean, you got Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby and Johnny Hecker in 2024, as well as Cam Akers, uh, who's still on his rookie deal, and Van Jefferson as well. But you're not leaving much room to sign those other guys. I don't know how they're going to be working it out with the cap. I, I don't know what their plan is for the next five seasons, but it certainly does help them in that regard because one thing that they do need is just another guy to to come off the edge and especially in a guy who's worked in a 3-4 system like Von Miller has worked over there in uh, in in Denver and being used to the guy that's an edge rusher I think it's a good move that the Rams made because ultimately these draft picks you never know what can happen with those second and third picks and that's a good move for right now but for Four or five years down the line, it just doesn't see. It just doesn't feel like this salary table that I'm looking at for the Rams is going to stay stagnant. It doesn't. You know what? Is Jalen Ramsey really going to be there till 2027? No, no issues are going to happen. Robert Woods, nothing's going to happen there. Aaron Donald. I mean, he's going until 2025, and you know, with how good he is, maybe you'll want to give him another contract at some point. It's clear that the Rams are in it to win right now, and then on top of that, you also got uh, you also got Matthew Stafford, who's a free agent in 2023, because that's your most important guy right there. They made that trade for Matthew Stafford. They have him as a starting quarterback, and they look very good. But we also know that the Rams are a team who were a starting quarterback away really ever since Jared Goff came into the league. I understand they went to the Super Bowl and all those different things, but look what they did in the Super Bowl. Tom, uh, uh, excuse me, Bill Belichick was able to combat what Jared Goff and the Rams did well, and they were able to just beat him in one game. I'm just, I, I don't know. I'm always skeptical about these types of moves, especially ones for guys like Vaughn Miller, who this season just haven't been able to, hasn't been able to get onto the field. 
But also I'm happy for Von Miller because the Denver Broncos, they're going nowhere fast. They've totally ruined everything with their their quarterback position. I know Teddy Bridgewater's a good placeholder for a starting quarterback, but Drew Locke was never that guy. Paxton Lynch was never that guy. Uh, Brock Osweiler was never that guy. I mean, they've just totally mucked it up. So, you know what? I'm happy for Von Miller and the fact that he gets to uh, to, to move on because ever since the Broncos did win that Super Bowl where Von Miller was the MVP, it's just been nothing but downhill. And from the 408, you restructure the deals in the next few years. And it's a lot easier said than done. Plus, they just don't have any assets anymore. They just don't. You're not going to be able to trade for players. You can you can possibly get some back depending on on who you want to trade out of that team, but it just doesn't feel like it's a sustainable business model for what they're doing. And I know you're probably thinking, who is this kid at 5.30 in the morning talking about business models? Who is this 28-year-old? Because that's apparently what everyone calls you when you're 28 in radio. Who is this guy talking about business models? It just does not feel sustainable. That's me. That's just me. All right, let's get to Duriel in San Jose. What's going on, Duriel? Hey, nice guy. It's good to hear you. Hey, uh, my thing is, is that with James, with James Garoppolo, Jimmy, Jimmy G, we should have never been calling him Jimmy G, that little cute name, because he went out there and played like a little cute quarterback, and he played like, and he acted like, and he sounded like the quarterback that lost the Super Bowl. Which isn't good enough around here with the San Francisco 49ers. We all know that. Ask Colin Kaepernick and, and the rest of the gang who lost, who didn't win a Super Bowl around here. So James, you know, his contract is up after this year. He's not coming back unless he, unless he comes back from Disney World with the Super Bowl MVP in hand. And right now, he's not playing like a, a quarterback that's got his team on the pace to get to the Super Bowl, much less win the Super Bowl. So, you know, if he loses another game, if he doesn't keep winning games, he's not going to get to finish the season out as a starting quarterback. Yeah. It's going to be Trey Area. That's the reason why we drafted him. You know, uh, Jimmy, we've been fair to him. We let him play for his whole five years. We let him play out his contract. All the trade talk, all the, all the halfway fans who were talking about trading him after every little bad game. He had one bad season after the Super Bowl getting us there. He had a bad season. You don't trade away uh, a quarterback like that to take your team to the Super Bowl. What, is, what message does that send to any other players that are going to come to your team and end up taking your team to the Super Bowl? Oh, you have a bad season after that? We're going to trade you away? That's not how you do business. So we were fair, and, you know, uh, the time's pretty much up, James Garoppolo. Uh, you know, unless you get to the Super Bowl and turn this thing around totally and go on some kind of crazy Tim Tebow-like winning streak and get us to the Super Bowl and win it, that's the only way you're coming back, James. So everybody used to keep living in La La Land or some spaced out place. But that's the way it's got to be. And it's play area if James loses another game around here. That's what it is. I appreciate the phone call, Duriel. And let's just clean things up real quick. He's a free agent in 2023, so technically they still have him under contract for next season. It just so happens that it's a lot easier to straight-up cut him because, as opposed to this season, it would have cost them $26.9 million if they would have just cut him from the team uh, and and you know let him go elsewhere. But uh, he's worth only 1.4. At least that's where his dead cap is. So compared to... 
damn near 27 million to 1.4 million. That's a significant drop. So that's why everyone's considering it uh, his last season. But he still is under contract next year and is going to be getting paid 24.2 million dollars. And before we get to, and I'm glad Duriel talked about Jimmy Garoppolo because coming up next. It's overreaction Tuesday, and I'm not going to do this every week, but I do want to go through some overreactions right now. I think this is a good point in the season to do it, and then we can revisit them later on down the line. But here's Kyle Shanahan yesterday speaking to the media about whether he expects the 49ers to make any trades. I mean, there's always a possibility. Those guys talk through everything. I'd I'd be surprised if we did. Um, You know, those... Those trades aren't always as easy as they seem. That's why I think there's a lot of talk through all 32 down to it. There's not many that actually happen. Um, we're open for stuff that we think that could help us now, but we don't want to do that to the expense of hurting us in the future. And there's a lot of things that go into it, so I won't say never, but I'd be surprised if something happened. So that's interesting. And knowing how the 49ers, with their draft picks, are sorted out next season, I mean, you'd have to, no, no matter who you're trading for. I actually originally thought they should have traded for Marlon Mack. I thought that was uh, I thought that was going to happen. Um, but it didn't. And in 2022, now you're going to be without the first rounder. You have the second rounder. You have a third rounder, the fourth and the fifth, but you don't have the sixth and you do have the seventh. So you got a couple of options to play with, but I mean, I'd have to expect the 49ers are at the point where they just want to keep their assets as much as they can, especially with how successful they've been outside of, you know, the first and the second rounds. Feels like they're more successful picking guys after the first two rounds as opposed to what they do in the first two, although I understand Debo Samuel's really living up to it, but knowing how George Kittle and Fred Warner and Elijah Mitchell right now, how they're working out. Hell, I mean, a lot of people like Jermichael Hasey and what he's doing. <laughs> you know, I, I I would be surprised if they do make any moves. One name that I saw um, as far as trade candidates was uh, Jamison Crowder, uh, the 49ers. Um, there's no source or anything that's saying they're interested in him, but there's a possibility that they could trade for him and you wouldn't have to be giving up that much at all. Xavier Howard, uh, a lot of people are saying that from the 408 and from the 510, and also from the 650, damn, a lot of people want Xavier Howard, but it looks like he's going to be worth a first round pick and you just don't you just don't have that next season. You just don't have that. That's already given to the Dolphins. So, uh, uh, we'll see what happens today, but I want you to line them up at 888-957-9570. I want you to line them up right now. And it's overreaction Tuesday. I got a list of topics here and I want to know from you whether they're an overreaction or not an overreaction. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Stephen Langford did on the pregame show. Ninety five seven the game. Now back to the pregame show on ninety five seven the game. Here's Stephen Langford. All right, line them up at 888-957-9570. It's an overreaction Tuesday. I got a list of topics here, and I want you to tell me whether they're an overreaction or not an overreaction. And I, personally, I'll answer them. 
If no one wants to call in, that's totally fine. I got to listen. I can just do this for 10 minutes, and then I got another 10 minutes planned for the show if you want. But, of course, you can participate at 888-957-9570. I do welcome it. So let's get to it. Here are some of these overreactions on this Tuesday after week eight. All right. First overreaction. We know how well Debo's been playing this year. He's been a top three wide receiver in the NFL. Overreaction or not overreaction, Debo has earned that second contract and deserves to be paid like a top five wide receiver. That's overreaction number one. Overreaction number two, Elijah Mitchell has already won the starting job for at running back going into next season. He's been fantastic this year, had a great game against the Bears. He's done enough, and he's already won the starting job going into next season. The next overreaction. Seeing how this secondary's played out, and the fact that Jimmy Ward, luckily it wasn't a serious injury, is going to be out for the next one to two weeks. If the Niners do need to make a trade, they need to trade for somebody in the secondary to bolster that defense. They need to trade for a cornerback or a safety by today's deadline in order to bolster the defense. Next overreaction. Jimmy's done enough to start the rest of the season. Overreaction or not overreaction? Again, 888-957-9570. That's the text line or the phone number. I'm listing them off. If you don't want to call in, I'll answer it myself because I got a few things to say uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. But the last one... Overreaction or not overreaction, everyone else besides Nick Bosa on that defensive line is expendable right now. Meaning you can trade those other guys away just as long as you keep Nick Bosa on this team. I don't care what you do. I don't care if you trade these guys for you know a, a, a first round pick. What do you think? A triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero overreaction or not an overreaction? So let's get to the first one here because no one's decided to call in. Totally fine, totally fine. I can do this on my own at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. But Debo Samuel has earned that second contract and deserves to be paid like a top five wide receiver. And right now, believe it or not, I think that is. An overreaction. I certainly think that he has earned that second contract. No doubt. No doubt. With the way that Debo's been playing, the fact that, I mean, that last game, those two plays specifically were the ones that got them going in that game against the Bears. They, 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 he single-handedly shifted the momentum with those two specific plays. One going into the half and then coming out of the half. And helping Garoppolo's numbers look a lot better because if you don't have 322 yards up on the board, if you don't have over 300, it's not looking as good without that 83-yard almost touchdown run by Debo Samuel. But right now, he's had 44 receptions for 819 yards. He's had four touchdowns, and he's looked fantastic. However, to me, this is his third year, and it's pretty crazy. There can't be there can't be a player who's more valuable than Debo as far as as far as his contract goes because the way that he's being paid right now, he's getting paid 1.14 million. 
getting paid just over a million dollars. And next season, he's set to make two million. But I guarantee you, if he is up there among the top five wide receivers, which he is right now, he's the second uh, as far as yards go. But he's going to be expecting another contract. Now, is he worth the $27 million a year that the Cardinals are paying DeAndre Hopkins? Probably not. Is he worth the $22 million a year that Julio Jones is, is, is making? And I'm not sure. Keenan Allen and Amari Cooper, both making $20 million. Michael Thomas and Tyreek Hill, both making... Uh, Michael Thomas is making nineteen point two, and Tyreek Hill is making $18 million. And that's where I see it. Uh, that's where I see it more. I, I see Debo's contract. If he was to earn one, I mean, Amari Cooper has the most total at $100 million. I mean, I see the average for Debo being maybe around eighteen to nineteen mil. I don't know if he's a twenty million dollar uh, a player, a twenty million dollar player yet, but he's been damn good this season, and he's been a lot of fun to watch. So Debo has earned that second contract. I guess I go half overreaction, half not an overreaction. But I don't know if he should be paid like a top five wide receiver. I need to see a little more about that. Elijah Mitchell has already won the starting job going into next season. Now, if you know me on this show, I've I really liked Raheem Mostert and what he brought to this team. I thought um, people were I thought he was being overlooked. I thought it was a little bit of a disrespect to Raheem Mostert just to say anyone can thrive in Kyle Shanahan's offense because we have seen that appear to not be true with certain players like, say, Trey Sermon, for example, who just doesn't seem to fit with Kyle Shanahan's scheme. But Elijah Mitchell has. And since Raheem Mostert's a free agent next season, I think Elijah Mitchell does exactly what Kyle Shanahan wants him to do, and that's just run to the outside and do your damage in the open field. And I think that's good enough right now, especially with the contract that he's going to be on. You're getting a lot of value with Elijah Mitchell right now. So I think he already has won the starting job in the next season. That is not an overreaction to me. That is not an overreaction. I know you feel like he might not have done much, but if he manages to limit turnovers, be a good pass blocker, and with the talent that he has to run to the outside, I think Elijah Mitchell can be a good good running back for this team, at least going into next season. And you never really know uh, when it comes to Kyle Shanahan. Again, 888-957-9570. That's the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in at overreaction or not an overreaction because this is the first time in the history of radio that this has ever been done. Uh, But the Niners, this is the next one, the Niners need to trade for somebody in the secondary by the deadline. Now, you just got Kaywon Williams back, who had a huge play in that game. It was on the third down, and it stopped any momentum that the Bears had. Huge play, because he totally sniffed out the screen pass. But you also have seen him on and off the field. Emmanuel Mosley did not look good. Obviously, they suffered the injury to Jason Verrett early on, and they brought in Josh Norman. And I don't know how good Josh Norman is anymore. He's a great tackler, and he's actually forced a couple of fumbles, and one of them was recovered by the Bears in that last game, and it feels like he's done that at least once a week since he's been with the Niners. But as far as coverage goes and the penalties, I don't know. It hasn't worked out. I don't think that's an overreaction. If they can find a deal for a cornerback or a safety, someone in the secondary. Joukowsky Tart out with an injury. Jimmy Ward out for the next one to two weeks. I I, I like Hufunga 
I think Hufanga's a very good, but other than that, there's not much depth there um, in the secondary. So I think they absolutely need to trade for someone in the secondary by the time the deadline rolls around today. Next one, overreaction or not an overreaction? Jimmy's done enough to start the rest of the season. That is a total overreaction to me. He had one good game, in my opinion, and it was one where he did what he needed to do. But when I really look back on it, he didn't make one of those Oh damn throws. You know, like one of those one of those throws that you reacted to like with Justin Fields when he threw that ball to Jesse James, which name always takes me back. It's just like what? there's a guy named Jesse James in the NFL. But that throw that Justin Fields made when he was rolling out to his left, threw it across his body and somehow put it in a spot where only Jesse James could get it. That's the type of throw that makes you go, "Oh damn." Now he did have that one throw with the 50-yard pass, but other than that, that's it. A lot of guys it felt like were open. I know there were a lot of drop balls, but you know, if you're a decent starting quarterback, you're going to have that game 9 times out of 10 with the way that they were schemed and the the pass rush, the fact that there wasn't any pressure. So, I think it's a total overreaction to think that Jimmy has done enough to start for the rest of the season. I think these next couple of games are going to be crucial for him, especially if Kyler Murray is not going to be a go for the Cardinals in that next matchup. So I think that's a total overreaction. I still think there's even a chance for uh, for for Trey Lance to get in with a start. And the last one, everyone else besides Nick Bosa on that defensive line is expendable. I don't think that's an overreaction. This defensive line around him, it just hasn't lived up to standard. Eric Armstead has made a couple of nice plays, but D. Ford's not able to get onto the field. Arden Key... Look, I tried to warn you about Arden Key, all right? The guy, he can he can he can beat his man at the line of scrimmage, but when it comes to actually finishing the play and getting the sack, he just hasn't been able to do that. Even going back to his time with the Raiders, he's doing the same thing there. Mo Hurst, unfortunately, hasn't been able to stay on the field. DJ Jones might be a guy. I actually really like DJ Jones and what he brings to the team, but overall, I think Nick Bosa is the only guy right now on that defensive line who you can't you can't even try to trade. I, I think Nick Bosa is that only guy. And I I even saw something like, look, if you can somehow trade uh, maybe a second-round pick for Christian Wilkins, Christian Wilkins is a very good defensive tackle. If he's worth that from the Miami Dolphins, I mean, I, I, I'd, I'd make that deal. I'd make that deal, but that's just me. That's just me. All right, let's get to some callers here because people have decided to call in toward the end here. I do have a couple here at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Let's go to line one. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Mike Pleasant Hill. Mike in Pleasant Hill. All right, are you ready? I'm going to give you the list here for overreactions. Are you ready? Well, I want to do the Jimmy one. The Jimmy <laughs> specifically, just the Jimmy one. You don't even care about the other four. I don't even care. <laughs> 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 All right, react overreaction or not an overreaction, Mike? Jimmy has done enough to earn a starting job for the rest of the season. Definitely, Jimmy's the starter. Uh, Lance is is raw, man. He's straight raw potatoes. I mean, he come out of North Dakota, whatever. I didn't even know they had a football team. <laughs> anyway, he's definitely the starter going forward. And just to touch base on those short passes run for 100 yards 
Let's don't get misconcept. All the quarterbacks do it. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time at throwing eight yard out. So, you know, as far as that number, and look how many times that tip balls, the receivers that run, are supposed to run an eight route, run a seven route, get it intercepted. So, Jimmy's our man. Uh, and uh, go Warriors, I guess. <laughs> The phone call, Mike. I love that. I love that. See, this is this is what the five AM show has turned into. It's turned into no matter what I'm talking about, people are gonna call in with just their specific takes on that one player, even if that one player has nothing to do with the topic. Now Mike stayed right on topic with Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm surprised he didn't start talking about Draymond Green. <laughs> I love you, Mike. Please call back anytime. All right, let's get to the last caller here at 888 And yes, I know I only had one other caller, so this second one is the last one. But what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, what's up? This is uh, Neff from Santa Clara. Neff in Santa Clara. All right, Neff. So, you want to uh, play a little overreaction Tuesday uh, here? Yeah, so I was just going to give an overreaction to that uh, uh, Joey, uh, Nick, I'm sorry, Nick Bosa is the only one we need to keep on that defense. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, man, you, like you said, at Kayvon Williams, man, that guy's a beast. Fred Warner, yeah, beast. Jimmy Ward, beast. I mean, come on, let's let's get that out of the way. Well, I'm not talking about yeah. the defense as a whole, though, Neff. I'm talking about the defensive line, the front four. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I might have misunderstood you. Yeah, there's a little little issue going on. Yeah. Right over there, but um, yeah. I I only really want to touch on that. Have a good morning, man. Thanks for taking my call, and keep going nice, guys. It's a great morning show you got going. I appreciate you, Neff. Thank you so much for calling in, man. I love Neff. (laughs) But, yeah, I'm talking about the defensive line. If you're going to talk about guys on the defense overall who aren't expected, like Fred Warner's on that list for sure. I like Kaywon Williams a lot. It's just Kaywon Williams just hasn't been able to stay on the field, but when he is on the field, he appears to be really good. Emmanuel Mosley... You know, Emmanuel Mosley was the one who had that job over... Didn't he win the job over Akello Witherspoon? Because Akello Witherspoon had that whole situation at the beginning of the season where him and Richard Sherman are looking like the best cornerback duo in the NFL. And then Akello Witherspoon gets hurt, and he just didn't look like the same player after that. Emmanuel Mosley steps in and proves that he can take that starting role. He did not look good uh, in that last game. Emmanuel Mosley, that is. All right, we do have one more caller here, and I do have time to take one more caller at 888-957-9570. But what's your name? Where are you calling from? Tom. I'm from Burlingame. Tom and Burlingame. What's going on, man? So my issue is is I I feel like the defense as a whole has been awful because I think D'Amico Ryan is a short-sighted coach. He is good in short game situations what i mean a short field 20 and in no safety off the top yeah but if you if you acknowledge our in between the 20s uh it's it's atrocious our yardage give up is is we're bleeding yards every single play every single down the cushion we give we can't cover downfield i don't think our secondary is not talented i think our secondary is good put into awful situations cover wise with man to man single safety highs we're putting too many men in the box to stop the run Mm -hmm. The 49ers are a better defense than we put on. We kept the same players. Interesting. Interesting. Thank you for the phone call. And, I mean, if you want to look at last season, too, I mean, it wasn't the same defense you saw in in 2019. And, you know, they looked good, but I, I, I don't know. There's something up there. 
I don't necessarily agree with you about the corners. I think Emmanuel Mosley, even though I just talked all that mess about him, I think he has proven that he can be a good corner. But I think Josh Norman has proven that time has passed him by. And uh, Jason Verrett, I'd love for him to stay on the field. I was, I really, that was my favorite story last season, was the fact that Jason Verrett got back on the field and looked like the Pro Bowl caliber type of cornerback that we knew of him back when he was with the Chargers. But then he got hurt this year. I disagree on the cornerback. If there's going to be a move, I think they need to make it the deadline. doesn't sound like there's going to be one. According to Kyle Shanahan, he said he'd be surprised if that happens. But how much, how much stock can we really take into that? But if they're going to make a trade, I do think someone in the secondary, just to give them a little bit of depth. Because after these guys go down, it's just, you know, there's no one else you can really play with. From the 650, interesting. Last caller is right. They are talented, but seem to be out of position. And to me, one thing that's also changed about this defense is that front four is just not getting uh, that much pressure, at least as much as they need to. Nick Bosa was fantastic in this last game. And overall, um, they, they got to Justin Fields in that Bears game, but I don't think they've lived up to the uh, to the potential in the prior six games that they had before this last one. From the 5-1-0, why not trade Jimmy now? Stock's high on him. Potentially get back some draft stock and a potential secondary player. It's a business. Buy low, sell high. I don't know how much value Jimmy has right now. Um, you know, Maybe we made too much of that report from the from Seth Wickersham, who wrote that book about the Patriots and said that the Patriots wanted to get or offered that second-round pick back and the Niners wanted a first. But apparently that was a very informal call that didn't even involve uh, Shanahan and Lynch. And, you know, that's not what Seth Wickersham had posed in his book. And he had to do a bunch of uh, damage control <laughs> after that because of all those reports when someone just tweeted out an excerpt from the book. Uh, but I don't see that happening at the... We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.